Every decision we make is based on some belief that we have, whether it's a thought through belief or not. Why and when we get up in the morning, who we, we live our life with, what we eat, what we wear, what we spend our money on, how we vote, how we view and treat others are all coming from our beliefs. They all stem from what we believe about a lot of things like God, the meaning of life and death, the nature of good and evil, those deep questions. But we don't know why we believe what we believe, right? We, we just believe it and we, we assume that those beliefs are right. We all have beliefs, but most of us rarely question why we believe what we believe. about donuts? Sure. Sometimes. Day old. Uh, Two days old. If it's a buttermilk bar, maybe. Three days old. Nope. Hard pass. So what about pizza? Yeah. With pineapple on it? Always. Well, what? not always, uh, but yeah. <laughs> There's only one thing I won't eat on pizza. Two things. Anchovies? Yep. My mom knows. Ground beef. Oh, right. My mom says, you if I'd want a cheeseburger, I'd order one. True. So. <laughs> That's fair. Welcome to Together for Salem, episode 90, 90. That's right. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! You could make like the horn and the explosions. Sure I could. Confetti. Uh, so this is Cross Creek Community Church. We're putting out this content for you. We do this every weekend. We did take a couple weeks off, which was lovely. Was we're great. back and we're excited about our new So What About? Question mark series 3.0 they wouldn't have known if you wouldn't have said question that's mark. right well they're about to see yeah. it here on this little intro clip but first we just want to say welcome yeah and we want to say if you're new send us a welcome form via the website or an email info at yourcrosscreek.com or yourcrosscreek.com welcome and say hello to us and we will say hello back and send you a free prize that's right and sup podcasters who can't see that question mark but can hear this one and this one we're going to pass it off to John and come back on the other side. Excellent. This is Aaron and Monica saying bye, saying see you soon. TTFN. In 18 minutes-ish. Happy New Year. Now let's get down to business. This series that we're in is called So What About? And this is a conversation we have maybe once a year to discuss the common questions most of us have about Jesus, Christianity, life, the church, all of it. It's an opportunity to look at what we say we believe and see if it actually holds up to real scrutiny. So why do we do this? Because beliefs are powerful. In fact, our lives are shaped by our beliefs. Every decision we make is based on some belief that we have, whether it's a thought through belief or not. Why and when we get up in the morning, who we, we live our life with, what we eat, what we wear, what we spend our money on, how we vote, how we view and treat others are all coming from our beliefs. They all stem from what we believe about a lot of things like God, the meaning of life and death, the nature of good and evil, those deep questions. But 
We rarely have a good foundation for these life-shaping beliefs. We don't know why we believe what we believe, right? We, we just believe it and we, we assume that those beliefs are right. We all have beliefs, but most of us rarely question why we believe what we believe. So I have a question for you. Why do you believe what you believe? Here, let's use, <clears throat> let's use hell for an example. We all have some type of belief about hell, and that's actually our belief about hell and the afterlife really has some big implications for how we view God, how we view others, how we view our lives, the choices we make. So why do you believe what you believe about hell, which is actually something we'll talk about in this series? Do you believe that because it's what someone told you once when you were a kid? It's just, you know, what you kind of were born into, what you just always believed, what you assumed was what everybody believed. Uh, maybe it's it's what, what you believe about hell is what you want to be true, and it, it sounds good to you. Or maybe you believe it because some ancient book told you so. Or you've done your research, which means you've watched some YouTube videos and maybe read a few articles about it, right? See, if we just assume we're basing our life's decisions on truth, but don't know why it's the truth, we can never really truly discover the life we're meant to live, the life we really want to live, the life Jesus offers everyone. And so it's, it's time for us to, to peel back the layers of our beliefs, to discard the things that really don't have any foundation on truth and build and maybe rebuild on something that's solid. And so we have to question, we have to dig, we have to rethink, we have to reevaluate what we say we believe. Because the first step to building a solid foundation of belief is questioning what we believe. But so few of us actually make this journey of questioning our beliefs. And so really my only goal in this first episode is, is to encourage you listening, you watching, to take that first step of asking why you believe what you believe. And so to do that, I think we need to address three common barriers we really all experience when exploring our beliefs. And so, the three barriers to exploring our beliefs. And I think all of us have a mix of all three of these, really. But the first barrier is this. We aren't allowed to ask. We don't question our beliefs because we feel like we're not allowed to ask. At some point in our lives, we are told, or maybe more subtly made to feel, that we're not supposed to ask questions. We're not supposed to have doubts because, you know, the, the good Christian, the, the faithful, true believers, well, they just accept what they're told because that's what it says, and they don't rock the boat, and they just get in line and, and follow the rules, right? In all honesty, the American church really is often defensive and, and hostile to, to hard questions and honest doubts. In fact, back in 2011, a poll was done, and in that poll, over one third of 18 to 29 year olds with a Christian background said that they don't feel they can ask their most pressing life's questions in church. That's 2011. So over, over 10 years ago, one third of young people said they couldn't ask their church questions. And from the numbers that we've seen in these last 10 years, that really has, the percentage has really only been growing as these people age and have families of their own. This might be why you watching or listening left the church, why you're really only comfortable maybe watching online and checking things out. Might be why you're not, not interested in church stuff. Might be why your brother or your sister or your cousin left church. It might be 
why your kids someday will leave church. Because there was no one willing to explore. There's no one willing to give thought out reasons to honest questions. It's time to change this. In fact, Jesus' little brother Jude really gave us the proper perspective for when it comes to doubts. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Another translation says, be merciful to those who doubt. You don't hear that much in a lot of churches these days, right? That be merciful to those who doubt. Like take time with their questions, give them room to explore. And the thing is, Jude, he knew what it was to question and doubt. In fact, check out what it says about him and his, his brothers and even his mom in John 7, 5 and Mark 3, 21. They didn't believe their big brother Jesus was actually God. They thought he was crazy. So at Cross Creek, we have created a community that welcomes, that encourages questions, that encourages seeking and doubt and exploring different ideas. Why? Because genuine questions are catalysts for genuine faith. That's been my experience. Every step in my, my spiritual growth has been preceded by hard questions. In fact, preparing for this series and, and the episode I talked about about hell, just digging deeper into the idea and understanding of different views of hell and that type of thing has really given me a deeper understanding and appreciation for Jesus and, and his personality and, and his love and really his power. It's very cool. So questions lead to deeper faith. But there's a second barrier a lot of us face. We were maybe told we're not allowed to ask, but also we are afraid to ask. Because it can be scary. It can be a very scary exercise to question some of our foundational beliefs. Like, think about it. You ask, you ask these deep, deep questions. Well, what if, what if I've been wrong? What if, you know, in my case, what if I've taught other people something that was wrong. What if I've based my what if what I've based my life on is wrong? That whole idea of what if I pull this thread and everything unravels. And so, understandably, some people choose not to pull. They choose not to follow that stray thought down the rabbit hole. They shove down those questions. They they stick their head in the sand and carry on going through the safe motions of usual religion, right? They, they take the blue pill and they stay in the matrix. Why? Because quick, easy, because the Bible says so, answers are so much easier, so much safer, and so much really easier to identify what team we're on, right? But <laughs> then someone, maybe your kids, asks those questions that you've been kind of ignoring and, and forcing down. And now you're forced to talk about it. So what's our response? Defensiveness, anger, maybe a quick flippant answer to avoid having to dig deeper. And what does that produce? That produces the first barrier we just talked about where that questioner feels like they're not allowed to ask questions. So listen, we don't have to be afraid to ask questions. We don't have to be afraid to explore, to journey, to pull the thread, to take the red pill. Honestly, if you pull that thread and everything unravels, what's the worst that happens? You discover that none of this stuff that you believed is true. Well, wouldn't it be better to know the truth that it's not true than base your life on a lie? But if you do pull that thread, what I think you'll discover is what many people 
have discovered. That once we have the courage to look and question, we'll discover that the truth is more robust, more beautiful, and more accessible than we ever imagined. And so nothing is off limits. So ask, investigate, explore. Because think about this, a belief that can't hold up to questioning isn't worth holding on to. In fact, another of Jesus' brothers gave us this advice. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So we want the truth. We want wisdom. We want a truth that we can apply to our lives. And James, Jesus' little brother, says, ask God. He wants to give that to you. So feel free to ask. Nothing is off limits. And now there's a third barrier, a very, very common barrier. And it's this. We aren't interested in a better answer. We don't ask questions because we're not interested in a better answer. And this barrier really affects all groups, whether somebody's not a Jesus follower, whether they're a casual Christian, or whether they're a mature Christian. It affects all of us equally. See, we don't ask questions because we already know what we need to know, right? I googled it. <laughs> I went to the conference. I listened to that teaching or, or that friend or that, or that parent. So I'm set. What I, what I believe works for me. Why, why fix it if it ain't broke? You know, the, well, the Bible clearly says, and so that settles it for me. I don't need to dig any deeper. And honestly, and I get this, who has the time to explore our beliefs, John? I mean, yeah, you kind of get paid to do that kind of stuff, but I've got a job. I've got kids and, and a family. I've got so much, there's so much that needs to be done. There's so much scrolling and TV watching I need to do. See, here's the thing. We all have the same amount of hours in one day. We make time for what's important to us. And here's what's sad, and honestly is sad. Often when we do this series, this is our third time doing it, we hear people say, oh, you know, this is great. I, I, I know this stuff that you're talking about, but it's nice, and by nice they mean cute. It's cute that, you know, you do this for people who are seeking or maybe somebody who's, who's new to Christianity, but, you know, I'm good. Give me some meat. <laughs> I feel like... We know it all, and so we don't need to listen to other ideas, other opinions, other options for these beliefs. In fact, we would rather share our own opinion, right? I'm sorry, not opinion. We'd rather share the truth, which is nothing new. Check out what Jesus' great-great-great-great-grandfather wrote once. Fools! I know that's harsh, but it's the Bible. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. We don't see that in the world right now, do we? People who don't want understanding just to air their own opinions. See, we don't really want to grow and, and dig deep enough to understand the heart of God. We just want facts. And, and once we, we know those facts, we just want to share our own views and be right. We might say we study and research, but really all we're doing is listening to the same people who really reinforce the opinions we already have. This type of thinking, this refusal to actually dig and, and find the truth, is why there were actual pastors and theologians who tried to justify slavery in the American South using the phrase, the Bible clearly says, slavery is good. And so a side note on that, the Bible doesn't say anything. See, the Bible was written by actual 
writers, and we believe inspired by God, who wrote to actual people in actual historical cultural settings. And so ripping a 2,000-year-old passage out of its historical and literary context and then trying to slap it word for word on our directly onto our 21st century American culture is a very dangerous game. And so when we assume we know the truth and don't question those assumptions, we're really only fooling ourselves. And so if we really want to know Jesus, if we really want to know the truth, we have to be willing to admit we might not know everything yet. Great example. I was kind of talking about this series with my dad, who, you know, huge pastor, doctor, Ken Silva. And I was talking about some some new thoughts I was having on, on some theology and where the evidence I had for that and that type of stuff. And he's like, what? And I was like, oh, he's, you know, I'm in trouble from dad now, right? now." he's like, what? That's awesome. Like, if, if that's true, then I want my seminary money back. It was great. And I was having lunch with another friend talking about something. And it was a view that I used to hold that he still holds, but mine's kind of changing. And he's like, send me everything you got. I want to I know if, if this is true or not. That willingness to dig and dive and, and look into the truth. In fact, when we film these things, it can take like two or three hours sometimes because Liz, Monica, and I are always like bouncing off theological ideas with each other. Haven't heard from Jude much, have you? No. No. Jude. You know, Jesus has two little brothers that wrote books of the Bible. And they're both very short, as if written by somebody raised by a carpenter. You know, I was raised by a carpenter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And so, this point, I think it might sound like a fortune cookie, but it's still true. The first step in finding truth is admitting we could be wrong. The first step in finding truth is admitting we could be wrong. And so in this series, what we're going to try to do is create and use a framework through which we can search and discover truth together. A framework that will allow us to not just know what we believe, but actually live what we believe. And it starts with asking the right questions. And so for us right now, I have a few questions to help us start questioning. And we'll just, since we're on the topic, we'll use hell for an example. We'll talk about this in another episode, but hell, for example. So why do I believe this? Whenever you believe about hell, you ask, why do I believe this? What is your evidence? Do you just want what you believe to be true? Or are you willing to accept the truth, even if you don't like it? Even if it might go against how you were raised to believe. There's one question. Another question. What have others, by, and by others, I mean those who have devoted their lives to studying this, what have others on all sides said about this topic? What are the prevailing thoughts? What are the prevailing opinions of theologians, people who have devoted their lives to understanding this stuff? See, we don't want to get stuck in our own echo chamber. We will never grow. We'll just keep hearing our own thoughts and think we're great. We need to be willing to listen and then follow where the evidence actually leads. And then, and this is a new one for me, we ask, what has been the result of this belief? Jesus said, you'll, you'll know people by, by their fruit, you know a tree by its fruit, right? Well, what's the fruit of this belief system of different people who believe different aspects of this question I'm, I'm searching? So what you need to do is look at the lives of those who hold these different beliefs. Do you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control? 
Or in the main group that holds that belief, do you see judgment and alienation and hatred and anger and, and self-seeking? See, does one camp that believes two different things on a subject look more like Jesus than the other? Because that's really important because it's not about being right. It's about being like Jesus. So the search for why we believe actually creates a faith we can live out. Because the life Jesus offers isn't about just a set of factual statements and, and checking off all the right beliefs. It's about Jesus transforming us, even our unconscious decision-making. It's, it's transforming us into who Jesus would be if he was living our life now. And that's why we're doing this series, not just to answer questions, but to train all of us to search and to seek and to discover life, not just facts. Our goal is to question and then rebuild and then use our faith. So ask questions. In fact, send if you have questions and you haven't sent them in yet, send them to us at info at yourcrosscreek.com. We want to talk about these questions. See, if we choose to make the time to really know what we believe and why we believe it, we'll be able to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. Because following Jesus requires us to ask what it means to truly follow Jesus. You know I love that message. Yes. Yeah. I'm all about the, let's pick it apart and throw out what's bad. That's right. And keep what's good. That's right. But not I, the baby with the bathwater. I'm sorry. No, not the baby Jesus with the bathwater. No. For sure, no. But there are some things that we could take a card closer look at. And we're going to this series. Mm -hmm. And if you have a question that you would like John to tackle, you can send that to info at yourcrosscreek.com. And maybe he'll make it one of his episodes or whatever. That'd be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. So that's an option for you. But John gave us some good questions mm -hmm. to think about that you can be discussing in your connect groups or talking over with your family or a partner, whoever it is that you want to talk about these things with. Send somebody the link to the message and say, hey, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. You can do that. So what do you think about? Blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There will be questions coming up at the end. Also in the show notes is a ton of stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Recommended resources, additional Bible things to read. Um, even the songs that John and I listen to when we create or produce uh, these episodes. Mm -hmm. So check that out if you haven't. Yes. We have two announcements. Do you know what they are? One, you should join a connect group if you haven't done that yet. I'm just guessing. That's not one of them, but it's a good one. Dang it. Okay. So there's three. Three, but now we have two left. Okay. Join a connect group. Yeah. Link on the screen. It's a great way to find community, be in community, be real, ask hard questions, have some of these discussions. Mm -hmm. Work in your a, way through the uh, some of the whatabouts. Yeah, in a safe place. So check that out. Uh, the other two announcements Sorry. are, and we have a new feature. You don't know about this. Oh, what is it? <clears throat> it's exciting. Uh, you can text the words, the word, one word for Salem huh? to a phone number. And now I can't remember what the phone number is. It's like 94, hold on. Was there a niner? Did I hear a niner Did I hear a there? niner in there? It's 94, oh golly, Monica. <clears throat> it's new. Just a second. She's off screen. I I don't know the number. She's looking it up. It's fine. Well, it's new. Yeah. Like I said, it's 94,000. <clears throat> 94,000. So text 
type in your Ooh. in your phone 94,000 if you type in the word for Salem and press send uh -huh. you'll be added to our for Salem uh, opportunity list and we're gonna text out so our January opportunity for for Salem is a prayer challenge huh. so we'll be praying for different things around Salem like you know Samanka place or uh -huh. uh, the kids in Casa or uh, whatever and you're gonna get prayer text messages we won't send a lot be like one a week okay and we'll just remind you to pray for these various things hmm. and being for Salem so it's a prayer challenge with a twist Excellent. with a text message oh so I just got excellent. a text I message excellent I think somebody just texted us and I got it in my phone Wow yeah I know that was, you guys are fast you don't fool around so text for Salem to 94,000 and the other so that's our January opportunity uh-huh and then our uh, gathering information oh, yeah. is always second and fourth Saturday, Sundays mm -hmm. at 4.30. And we're going to sing and eat pizza this time mm. and take communion optional. And this week, John's going to share a couple things. And so, but if you want information about those, text it to your phone. You can text party to 94,000. Wow. I know. And you'll be added to that list. And we'll just remind you, hey, we got a party come, or a gathering coming up, yeah. party, whatever. Uh, and we'll text it to your phone, so That's it's easy. Because you know who checks email anymore? Well, I mean, I and do you're like not job. even on Facebook, so how are you going to know anything that's going on unless you subscribe to this list? I'm going to text ninety-four thousand. Yeah, you are times, but you can opt out too. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah, don't worry about that. You can always opt out if you don't like what we're doing. Just tell us to stop, and we'll do it. Mm -hmm. So check it out. But those are our three announcements: connect, party for Salem. Excellent. Yep. What are they going to do next? Yeah, so what about what you're going to do right now? These questions. <laughs> Pregnant You were supposed to say. No, you were supposed to say. I've done all the talking. You did most of the talking. Okay. You did an appropriate amount of talking. Did I hear a diner in there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good job. Hey. Oh, it's not on. <laughs> so James wrote this. I just realized that Mary and Joseph had a thing with J names, right? Jesus, James, Jude, Joseph. Interesting. <laughs> John. We can cut all of that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're funny. <laughs>